As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian uh, Brian has a Ben Simmons take? Are you going to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, I guess. I mean, briefly. It's not that big of a take. But I'll tell you why. This is maybe the perfect Nets season. We'll talk, obviously, the massive disappointment Huge. it is that the Nets did not get into the NBA mid-season tournament, or what I'm calling the mud-season tournament, because it's not legitimate. We'll talk about it. Coming up. Coming up. Here we go. To the glue guys, this is Mike Care. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com. Not part of the New York Times. Go, Brian. <laughs> uh, Brian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Nets are Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, what are we the, doing? The like, we gotta, what are we winning games? We're winning. We're stacking dubs like no one has ever done in the NBA. We're nine and eight. The Nets have won three in a row. They've beat the mighty Miami Heat, about mm-hmm. as depleted as a team could be. Uh, but they got that fat don't, dub last don't night. Don't ever do that, Mike. Toronto don't, Raptors. Don't caveat with the depletion <laughs> stuff. We're missing our, our, you know, some. We're always missing our best guys. Always throughout the entire history of this franchise. Okay. Yeah, so we are we are the caveat team caveat, which is what the Nets no, should no, we're be not. Renamed. We're not going to. We're they were taking the caveats. We beat the Heat, and then we beat the Raptors. That's what happened. Um, the Nets are nine and eight. The Nets are the nine seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Just for context, the Pacers are the six seed, and they're nine and seven. The Nets are nine and eight. There is a bundle of teams between five and ten. Uh, not that we really care about playoff positioning right now, but Brian, we did care about. Did tell me because this is this is I'm going to reveal a dirty truth on okay. the show, an absolutely dirty, disgusting Ooh, truth that reflects upon you and not upon me. Okay, <laughs> Brian does a dirty stream. Okay, for almost every game, but on Game Four of the Nets' midseason Group C tournament. Brian did not dirty stream. I, I was night. busy, and I told people on the previous stream that I wasn't going to be there. And I guess nobody stuck up for me, and you know, corrected the record. And of course, Mike 
bottom feeder that he is and <laughs> sower of Discord on the Discord. And shout out to the Discord. That's discord.gg slash glue guys. Um, he was just rabble rousing. I want to say like just truly rabble rousing. And and I guess speaking you're con- for the people is what I call it. Continuing speaking for the people. <laughs> continuing to do it here and now on the podcast. Shameless. Shameless, Mike. I am such a bottom feeder that I am bioluminescent. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I've been reading some books. That's right. true. Yeah. Ever since the, uh, what was it? The platypus is a, uh, is a bird. <laughs> he had to, had to hit the books. I'm still, Hey, there was, I'm still, I'm still investigating those results. And actually still the worst part of that was birds are mammals. That was really the finding where truly Mike, we thought we discovered that Mike doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in a tube. Yeah. I was homeschooled and only taught certain things. Yeah. One of them being how to podcast. And you're crushing, uh, you're crushing the game. But um, did you finish watching the game? Tell me the truth. I, I did. I watched the the replay on the internet. won't say where, but I did. Can I just say, I mean, I w- I'm offended. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm offended. I, I'm a, f- a friend of Andrew Schlecht's. Andrew Schlecht had um, San Vicini on his Slam and Jam pod, and they, were talk- they made a casual comment about how the Nets aren't fun to watch. And I vehemently disagree because this team last night put the beat down on the Toronto Raptors. Um, I'm just, this is the perfect net season. I, I said it in the open. This is, this is it, Bri. Mm. This, this Wait, is what, what we wanted. What are the arguments for this not being a fun team to watch? What's that? Like, what, what uh, that? Cause there's not no one that good. <laughs> there's no one like that young and dynamic. Um, <sighs> Dude, ha- sort of goldfish memory. Has team. everyone, Forgot about Cam Thomas that quickly. It's pathetic. The goldfish memory and everyone. It's it's fitting that you have a fish uh, as your background for the YouTube, <laughs> Mike, because that's as if I planned it. That which is I did not. the NBA pundits at writ large, and they're <laughs> <laughs> represented behind you. This is the behind me is an image in my mind of the NBA media Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, a, a, cigar, a cigarette smoking fish. In a sort of like a, a dinner jacket. Yeah. The fat cats in Washington, absolutely not analyzing this Nets team. I think Cam Thomas is close to coming back. He was, I think he was doubtful or questionable for last night's game. I'd heard somewhere that he was two games away. That's That was the rumor on the street, which this might have been the second game of that, or there might be another one. Here's why this Nets season is the perfect Nets season. If I told you before the season... There's going to be a caveat, and we're going to get into your discussion about Ben Simmons. As we said, though, no, no caveats. No okay. Caveats. Um, what was the name of our metal band? Summon the... Summon the Nuance? Summon the Nuance. Yeah. Summon the Nuance. Wait. Yeah. I have a sounder. Summon the Nuance. Summon the Nuance. <laughs> no, I wouldn't workshop that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Nets are nine and eight. The Nets had one of the hardest schedules in the NBA to start the season. I believe is the second hardest. That's what I I've we've I had some people on the Discord. I was I was lurking and saw them synthesizing this, and I believe that it was the second overall hardest. And if I think I saw someone tweet this, the Nets BPI, their blood pressure index, okay, or otherwise known as basketball performance index, is like sixth in the NBA, meaning like they are the sixth best team according to. Some formula. <laughs> love I, that. I love a formula. I will take it. Listen, the Nets are 9-8. and eight. Mikhail Bridges is a certified stud. Cam Johnson has been pretty good. Nick Claxton, when healthy, is still Nick Claxton. DFS, people are, we'll get to these questions in our mailbag pod, 
I've loved DF. I've loved DFS. Now there's some nights when he doesn't shoot, but he is the small ball center that we've been dying for. Like he he is now he's not uh, the the greatest center in the NBA. That's not even his position, but he is tall enough and active enough and cares enough to be a small ball center. Cam Thomas when he comes back, all the fish smoking cigar member mm-hmm. people in the media are going to f- remember what Cam Thomas has wrought upon the NBA. There are so many positives about this team, and we haven't even really seen Dariq Whitehead and Noah Clowney, which is, I guess, could be a negative, but I'm going to say we're stashing them for the playoff run. <laughs> the Nets are 9-8. and eight. The Nets are a frisky, good, yeah. smart-playing team. Part of the reason why their offensive numbers are so high is because they shoot so many threes. What I am saying is this team... If we sketched out this season, what did they need to do this season? We needed to see what Ben Simmons was. But mostly, we needed to be good enough so that when a true superstar, not Zach Levine, not Carl Anthony Towns, but a true superstar gets on the market, the Nets are good enough to be looking at that person's looking at Brooklyn. Can I assert something? Assert. Let me assert something wildly. Summon Um, the nuance. I'm going to disengage the nuance and summon the hot take. Okay. Lonnie Walker, and I never do this. I never, you know, I, I'm anti per 36. You know, I never do. <laughs> you know, I'm developing. No one is more anti per I have the number, I have the 36, and then crossed out. I have that tattooed on my ribs. Um, I don't like it. It's a and bad it, and number. And then it becomes a 666. Yeah. That's it's the work how of the you devil. view a 36. It's the work yeah. of the devil. And anyone who, like, this is, you know, a, a, shout out to YouTube and the people that watch on YouTube, but the YouTube commenters. <laughs> often are some of the, no offense, but they are the, um, you know, it's any big platform like that. You get some l- just low information viewers and they always come after you with a per, th- per 36 argument. That's like, of a, course. that's a YouTuber comment um, in waiting. Anyways, in this one instance, because I think Lenny Walker needs to play a lot more minutes, Mike. In the last like handful of games, 23 minutes, 25 minutes, 14, 16 minutes um, if you go, if we br- bring him up to the 36 numbers, he is a more efficient Zach Levine who plays defense, Michael Anthony Smeltz. And this is <laughs> Anthony, right? Anthony? No. no. Close. Uh, was it? Aaron? Aaron? I, really? I had the, at least I had the, uh, the letter. Um, so I, I just think he just, he just needs a really lot. impressed with yourself on I, that one. I can't, like, wow, I can't believe it. Um, he is in elite company right now in terms of true shooting percentage uh, in this amount of possessions, that amount of points scored. Like, I feel like between him and Cam Thomas, like we have our ancillary, like we, like you're, what you're saying with having, adding a star, like, yes. And we have these like percolating stars in, in house, Mike, we have a lot here um, offensively. That's just kind of, lurking in the behind the scenes and if if Jacques and you know I've loved Jacques so far and there's a couple just a little things on the fringes that I would improve upon like let Lonnie ride what are we waiting for I'm going to do this exercise we're going to rank the top five Nets players right now okay we're going to do this together I don't know if you want to S tier it or something but we'll just do it together okay okay Okay. who's number one Mikhail Bridges (laughs) wow wow look at you (laughs) Is that what? is that your number one? Yeah, it's my number one. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Who's number two? Is it Nick Claxton? Or is it Cam Thomas? Do we still want to Yeah, I mean, I guess it's Nick Claxton. I mean I mean I mean how where do we what's our where are we weighting our recency bias just because like Cam isn't playing right now? 
I think it's either Cam or Nick. So those, that's two and three, right? Sure. I would say. Is four Cam Johnson or Lonnie Walker? <laughs> like know, Lonnie Walker is a top five net, I would say. Cam, right? Cam has been good recently. He came on a little bit slow. Um, so I feel like this is where it gets a little bit dicey. But I, I love, I've bought all the Lonnie Walker stock. I did it immediately game one. <clears throat> so I want to be the most correct about this. And with that in mind, I obviously am trying to push Lonnie Walker to the front of this list. Um, though I do think it's still early days and that Cam might continue to have a really good season. So I would say that the best Nets lineup could be crunch time, Cam Thomas, Lonnie Walker, Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Nick Claxton, right? Can we say also, I just, while we're on the subject of crunch time, clutch points, guess who's in third place behind Trey and Dame? Your boy, Mikhail Bridges. Bridges. Guess who's <laughs> second in clutch field goals made behind LeBron James? Mikhail Bridges. Bridges. People have been talking about who's our who's the closer, Mike. Who's going to be the closer on this on this team? Do we have a do the Nets even have a closer? We have maybe the best overall closer in the game right now. That guy closes doors. He just he shuts them. Shuts he them. locks them. He doesn't via an app on his phone. That's exactly right. His uh, Solage. What's the what's a door lock company? Solage door locks, Mike. What are we doing? A door lock company? Actually, there's a lot of companies like that that sponsor podcasts, so we should probably just last night like, I was, simply safe. Simply safe. I, I fell asleep uh, watching trains, planes, and automobiles, and I'm reminded now of John Candy's character, which is a really sleepy movie. It's like the most boring movie. Um, is a shower curtain hoop salesman. That's that's. I'm reminded of that. But what you're asking right now? <laughs> um. So all of that is to say. So, like, analysis of the game last night, the Nets win. They beat a, a team that they are on par with, I would say, in the NBA. The Nets have are rarely blown out, though it obviously it does happen. I think that they are a constantly competitive team. I don't, you know, I know that, again, there's the fringe, sometimes right to the heart criticism of Jock Vaughn. I think this team is like very firmly in that mix of the 10 to seven seed in the NBA. And if you think about what happened, let's just, I know I'm not going to go down memory lane. The Nets lost Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You're going James to, you're, all right, stop it. I'm stopping you right now. Shut, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Let me do a tip of the cap to Jacques Vaughn on my compliment. Tip of the cap. Tip, Cause tip I don't want to even, I don't want to hear, when I hear their names, I want to stop you and just bury, bury that. I just um, want to talk real quick. <laughs> Um, everyone also going into the season on top of the close, who's the closer. How do we rebound? Mike, who's going to be rebounding on this team? Overall rebounding percentage. We're seventh and we're a top seven team. Mike, we're, we're the seventh. Um, it's docking when you have more than when you have guys on the floor that care more about than the, just like scoring buckets mm-hmm. than bucket getters, what that brings you. Like I've loved trend in Watford. Like AKA, when I see him, A.K.A. T. Watt, as we affectionately call him in, in the Discord. T. Watt, Watt Daddy, the Watt Ford T, you know, Ford Model T. Okay, yeah. You get it? Is that too far? Uh, also, people were pissed at me, Brian. They were furious at me. I mentioned Kessler Edwards' name um, a few episodes ago, and I didn't call him the three <laughs> kettle. <laughs> Remember, remember people that? were pissed about that. Yeah, they were people upset. were furious that I didn't how did you properly for, pay how respect did you to the best nickname in basketball, <laughs> the three kettle, which should be on Kessler Edwards's. It's a mess. Uh, it's a mess yeah. on his LinkedIn, not even his basketball <laughs> reference. 
Um, <laughs> and and so we have some questions. I think we could just dive. I want to do one into, last little bit though. One yeah. last little. Oh, you have to do your Ben Simmons thing, which I don't really care about. It. Someone it, just asked. Well, someone. Carl Birdsong in in the Discord asked about Ben Simmons is either coming back. So I think that's a natural segue into that. But what were you going to say first? I was going to say, Mike, before you prematurely segued us, um, that my last little piece of in my compliment sandwich for Jacques Vaughn here is, and I do think this is an improvement on, on the fringes as, as well. Mike, what is it? You're shaking your head. You love now. a compliment sandwich. You you are obsessed. <laughs> I mean, come on. Mid-level management. Live your life. It is. Um, pace. Mike, we are 22nd in the league in pace. However, we are 6th in, eff- in effective field goal percentage and 10th in true shooting percentage. So I feel like Jacques Vaughn is, is, has a half-court mindset right now in a, with a, a um, transition offense roster. And I think we could actually, despite the fact that we're decent on offense overall, we could be like – considerably better if we make a few adjustments in terms of how fast we get into our offensive sets. We just need to play faster because we're really efficient. You know who would help that? Let's get into it. Oh. Oh, wait, who's Carl Birdsong? Carl Birdsong! From the Discord, from, from the top rope, a.k.a. the Discord, um, let me pull up that stupid thing. Where did it go? I, I will just add this stat. The Nets are shooting the fourth most threes per game in the NBA, and they're shooting the third best percentage on threes, which is not usually – usually you don't shoot a ton of threes and then shoot a great percentage. They're doing both, and that's what keeps them – that's why their offense is good. That that single bit of information is why they are actually good offensively this year. Mm. Nice. Carl Birdsong uh, has multitude of questions. A lot. He's got, he's just thinking over there. The wheels are turning. And on the forefront of his mind is, is Ben Simmons ever coming back, (laughs) Mike? And I do think I'm at the point now where like, for me, I think it is, it is like, this is a worst case scenario, right? Like Ben Simmons, I don't know. I haven't looked at what he's, I'm assuming he's averaging like six points per game and uh, is now, in the shadow realm with an impinged hip and or back or something, a cryptic lingering familiar territory style injury. And it's truly worst case scenario, Mike. I mean, it's like you could not, I think we need to be open about the fact that this is not going well. Um, And that we should, we should basically presume that he's not going to be around, build the team with that in mind. And then anything good that comes from it, is just it's just thumbs up and that's that's cool man um because you know i feel like this is we're at the point now where it's just it's not um it's just not smart to be building a team around a guy who's who's in this position and i hate to say it it's not you know i don't take any uh it's any joy in saying like that's the situation Mm -hmm. mike do you see any joy in my face no it's despair i'm despairing (laughs) i I see a lot of joy you're gleeful about the downfall (laughs) of ben simmons you're absolutely bubbling you need to joy. stop it's not right it's not it's not correct and it's you're hanging tinsel this, and harley what what are you people and, and now all of our listeners hang and now all of our time. listeners can see just how toxic mike is this is how he is in the discord <laughs> all the time <laughs> but he uh yeah but so ben is is i think we should be like kind of processing this team with the like with without him in mind um i don't know if you feel the same way but i think it's helpful for you to be like 
Ben Simmons is just not going to play. And like, okay, if he does play, like he can, I actually, there's like, the, and here's the downstream, like thumbs up part of it. It's like, you know, the idea of Cam Thomas and him coming off the bench at some point down, down the line or him and Lonnie, you know, playing minutes together. It's like, that's a fun idea, but it's not something I, I want to build around. It's not something I want to consider for the future. It's just not a, it's just not a, it's not a pillar that I want to build around. I, I think the team is, has been at that place too. Like I, it, there's been that change of tone almost immediately when Jock Vaughn came in, the way he talked about Ben Simmons was different than the way that Steve Nash talked about Ben Simmons. Um, the way that Ben Simmons has even been portrayed by the team on social media, they don't treat him like he's like the star really at yeah. all. I mean, it's hard to be treated that way on social media if you don't play basketball games. And again, you have glee in your face. I don't have any glee about this. Like I am not, I'm not happy about it. Brian is absolutely jubilant over there. The Christmas spirit is flowing through that unshaven Turkish <laughs> face. Turkish. Is that what you remember? Don't you chew Turkish gum? Is that the thing? Oh, I again? do. I do yeah. chew Turkish gum. <laughs> okay. So, this is also curfew DC uh, in the Discord. Should we just send Ben home? Don't let him ever come back to the roster. I do want to talk about that. So there's this idea out there. like So like Cam Thomas is coming back from injury. Ben Simmons is coming back. Do you eat? Cam, of course, reinsert into the rotation. You get all the point, all the scoring, everything that Cam Thomas is. You want that. Do we want Ben Simmons on this team? And I, I don't I don't think it's a question at all. Like, yes, yeah, you do. Like, I don't find him to be so disruptive at all that you want to keep him away from this team. It's not like the like, even though I talk about how this is the perfect net season and the team is setting themselves up to be an interesting landing spot for Luka Doncic or Steph Curry. Just throwing names out there. Yeah. I want to get the Steph Curry trade rumor started because those did you just put a hand? Was that a hand up thing? Um the nope. oh, I got a weird like zoom alert. Um, I want to get the Steph Curry trade rumors started. Ben, I still think could be useful when he plays. I, I but he is as you say. There's nothing that this team should weigh put on Ben's brittle back, right? Mm-hmm. There's he should be Trendon Watford. Essentially, to, to be honest, Trendon Watford is like <clears throat> kind of a really good replacement for Ben Simmons, and I, you know, uh, like just similar body types, like does a little bit, you know, is is the kind of plays fearlessly in a way that Ben can't at the moment, um, but does kind of have a similar game with a little bit more, with honestly a little bit more going for it. I still think Ben brings that fast break offense, rebounding, defensive versatility. And that just bullseye shooter, a bullseye shooter from <laughs> yeah. an inch inch in yeah. to the hoop. Now, I I just I don't think the argument of and like listen like if, if if Ben Simmons comes back and the Nets lose three in a row and their offense sucks, then I'll probably immediately change my tune. I'm just I need the information of him on the floor with this team again before I'm like we need to cast him away. I don't think he's a castaway moment. What I do think is like if the Nets get eight good games out of Ben Simmons, they should trade him immediately because there's no part of him. Dude, that's not going to be enough. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to get baited that hard for eight games. You don't know. Couldn't someone use him? 
Do you see what's happening in Detroit? Detroit is horrific. <laughs> poor, Detroit poor Joe is the Harris, type man. of team. Is, yeah. What's happening to Joe Harris? Is he still? He's, dude, have you seen his numbers? They're garbanzo. Oh. Why am I excited? I shouldn't be excited to see that. Like, I shouldn't be like, but I'm a little excited because, as I said, I'm a caveman and I don't want people. Oh, my God. <laughs> 14 <laughs> minutes a game, shooting 32% from three, averaging three points. I don't know. It's not good for Joey, for Joey Buckets. What happened? Yeah. Dude, all- it was the ankle injury to, the, to end all <laughs> like sprained ankles. It's crazy. And then he walked in the goddamn snow in Cleveland to get a coffee with Patty Mills. Don't you remember that? That video? This is why I never go out for coffee. The First of all, I mean, because they charge you. They charge you way too much. And second of all, Joe Harris sprained his ankle twice uh, um, getting coffee. Next up. That's Cheerboy Will 2000. A.K.A. Will 2K. Um has a great one here. Are you ready to strap in, Mike? This is a good question. Yep. Will 2K says, The Nets have been better than many have expected so far. Nine and eight with a brutal schedule. Cam Thomas is coming back, and the schedule lightens up going forward. If the Nets continue to overachieve, how do they balance building for the future, as they're clearly not a contender yet, with expiring players like Royce, Dinwiddie, and Lonnie Walker? What a good... God, that voice. What was that? Where did that come from? I, I, I kind of like switched into like a trailer, like a movie trailer or something. I don't know. Um, I'll do them all for, for you and like like that voice well, going forward. Okay, let me ask you a real quick question off of this. Should the Nets look at, like I don't even know what the CBA parameters are, like, but should they try to extend Lonnie Walker like right now? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Lonnie's about to pop off and um, – they need to get him as cheaply as possible. I think it's weird. I mean, I don't know if there's many examples of this, of a guy who's kind of been on the outskirts of a <clears throat> of an NBA contract, gets a one-year, you know, one-year deal, and then, like, is instantly flipped for something of real value in that, in, like, a half a season. Like, I just, like, it's tough to think of an example of that happening. It's rare. And I was thinking, as you're saying that, like, if we did – uh highest trade value most likely to be able to be traded meaning like mikhail bridges has the highest trade value yeah i mean royce and dinwiddie are good too i mean i think especially royce um fits on a lot of teams and there would be a market for him i i would i would say lonnie walker because he is so cheap so insanely cheap and his cap hold for next year now there is like rules like you only can give a guy a certain raise like 120 percent off of last year's. there's some like thing like that restricting the nets from doing that unless if they then hit the open market and then you can give them whatever you want i think there's some so like the nets probably can't even do an extension with lonnie walker right now because of that rule because the extension could only be 120 140 percent of what his current salary is which so i mean it's like four million dollars he ain't taking that but i could see a team if lonnie walker does what he's doing right now and this is up going to be up for debate all season long Team giving up a protected first round pick for Lonnie Walker. I don't think it's a possible. contending team. <clears throat> I'm going to say. I mean, it's. It, I think th- that's the value. 100. percent I agree with you, but I just don't think that there's a contending team that both needs like kind of microwave scoring. But he doesn't have enough like of a book of business. He, he, there's just not enough history there that like suggests that if you can put him on any team and he does exactly that, like he hasn't done this consistently in the NBA at this level for you know ever really. Um, 
So, and he's still a little bit mercurial, despite like he gets not enough minutes, like I said, but you know, it's not like a consistent dropping 20 every night kind of guy yet. Yeah. And I think the Nets will prioritize. So we talk about Royce, what the Nets should do with Royce, Dinwiddie, Alani Walker. And we honestly should include Nick Claxton on that list because he will be a free agent too. And how much do you want to pay Nicholas Claxton? <clears throat> but here, but- I don't know. I think let's hit on the instead of the individual parts of the question. Let's take a step back, Mike. You always get lost in the woods, yeah. in the weeds. Of course, both. To be honest, frankly, um, Jews famously get lost. It got lost in the desert for forty years, <laughs> and, and that's me with NBA. And let and me basketball. guide you through this desert of this question, um, Mike. The way that Moses did. You wouldn't be the. Yeah, I was about to say you wouldn't be the first Christian that tried to lead the Jews, but yeah, that guy was. I'm I'm, I'm a pagan, like you never you never seen a messiah like me. Um, <clears throat> the the question though is like, is it ti- yes. like how do we balance building for the future right now? You know, I think yeah, I, I think everything is about the future, and it, but in in the way of that, this team it's not tanking because tanking the Nets have no first round pick this year, but everything will be assessed through the prism of what this team will be next year and the year after. So. What that means is like if Sean Marks get a, gets a deal for some of these guys like Royce Dinwiddie, Lonnie Walker, whoever, that they feel like can immediately boost the team then for next year, whether it is a pick that then they can turn into someone else next year or um, you know whatever it is, they can package, start packaging picks together. Like if the Nets end up out of this trade deadline in the future, in February, I know we're talking about it early. But if they could get two future first-round picks through a variety of trading, Royce, DFS, Dinwiddie, and Lonnie Walker, let's just say that's the bundle of players, those two first-round picks are going to mean more in the future when they can bundle that together with the Suns picks and all the other picks that they have, the Sixers pick way off in the future, right? So, like, in the end, what will most impact this team going forward is having a war chest of picks while not sucking so much that you like completely blow up this team. And I think the line for that is trading Dinwiddie and Royce pretty easily, keeping DFS and Lonnie Walker. Like I love DFS. He's signed to a long-term contract. He's always going to be useful. You will mm-hmm. always have trade value with him. Dinwiddie, friend of the show. I How think dare you? a lot How dare of people you? toxic. You're being toxic. A lot of people in Nets world would be not heartbroken if he was traded. Mike, you know what's interesting about you is that you're always Please. the most toxic to your closest friends. Like Spencer's been on the show three times, I think. <clears throat> and um and I've done a show with you for a long time and it's incredible how much you try to get rid of the people who are closest to you. Do you ever stop and think about that? Um I'm a child take of ti- divorce. Take your, take your time. Yeah. I'm a child there of divorce <laughs> and I was born I, I was born in the bosom of separation. Okay. Good. Good. Put it all out there. I, I think, I mean, that's, you know, what else do you need to know? The <laughs> no, that's second it. someone gets close to me, I'm afraid they're going to leave. So yeah. I force them so away. You force them away. Next um, up. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheer boy, Andrew Lish. Speaking of toxic, this is a toxic one for you, Mike. He says, do you still stand by your fake trade proposal of DFS and a pick for Buddy Heald? <laughs> Here's me looking at Buddy Heald's stats. I'm sure they're good. Uh, they're okay. 13.6 points Eight. per game. What's the, you know, the funny the, thing give is. Give me those percentages, though, Mike. Hit, the, hit me with the percentages. 40, uh, 42% threes. Hey, 
All right. Eighty six percent from the field. Or from the, from the field. Hey, pretty good. From the free throw line. Yeah. Forty six percent from the field. So like that's pretty he's pretty good. He's on a pretty <laughs> good team. He's on a very good team. I mean they're nine and, and seven too, but yeah. Um yeah, I, I mean I'd rather have DFS than Buddy Healed. I, I did not anticipate the Nets being as good at three point shooting this year as they are. Okay. And I thought they needed shooting. So I didn't want to bury you with that, but we can do next up. <clears throat> Sorry. Cheer boy. That's Jolo. Jolo says, what is the potential of this team at full power and experience under their belt? Kind of an interesting way of, of wording it, but um, what is the what is the potential of this team at full power, Mike? With you know, as they gain experience throughout the course of the season, this roster, no trades, no, yep. no fair. nothing. Um, what are we looking at, Mike? I mean, we've had the I'm, second hardest schedule in history of the NBA in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm going to give you the teams leading the Eastern Conference. You tell me when you think the Nets fit in, dude. Let me ask you this just before you jump in: Is Orlando Fugazi? Are you buying Orlando stock? I don't think they're Fugazi. Okay. I don't. Th- I think they are this year's Cleveland. Okay. Right. Very good. Very good season. But yeah. they're gonna. They need to make a trade to be legit in the playoffs. Okay. Let me ask you this: Celtics are the Nets better than the Celtics? I don't think so. Are, are the Nets better than the Bucks? No. Are the Nets better than the Magic? This is where I'm saying, like, I that's I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying that's a bold Orlando take. stat, dude. Th- this random ass Orlando team who's rattled off a couple of wins or, to start the season. Everyone's everyone's gonna, They've got dudes. They got. <sighs> they've got guys. They've got. Guys. Banchero, you know he's Italian, right? <clears throat> They've got some guys. They they had they are interesting, but I do do Banchero. I think that they now that people are going to be specking and not thinking that it's going to be an easy dub to to rip off like you know I, I I'm not buying the Orlando. They won seven in a row. The last loss was to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, need I say more, Mike? Um, I still say uh, out of respect. Okay, we'll put the magic in the nether region. I, I think I put them in the nether. Yeah, stick okay. them in the nether. 76ers, I would I say the Nets. I don't, I don't think we're better. Okay, so those, let's say Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, top three in the East. The magic have are 12 and five on a seven game win, winning streak, but the last loss was to the Brooklyn Nets. Then it's the Knicks, Pacers, Heat, Cavs, Nets, and Hawks all jumbled. Yeah, I think we're, I think like we're rightfully cool jumbled in there. Yeah. I think we're just a smidge. Like I would put the magic, just out of respect, number four. Why? Why, why so much respect for the for the magic? What is this? They're twelve and they're twelve. Twelve and five, five I, to start the season. We're like fifteen percent of the way into the season. Yeah, I I I'll watch sorry, more magic games. Numbers, Brian. <laughs> I'll watch more magic games and and see if it passes the no, sniff test. Won't. I didn't feel absolutely. I'll watch won't. a ton of magic film. <laughs> Believe me, I will. <laughs> Um, I, the, the Nets, so like the Nets right now are reliably in that Knicks, Pacers, Heat, Cavs, Nets. Yeah. Yeah. That like fifth, fifth and up. And, and now I will say there will be differentiation. So like the Knicks have the assets and the desire to make a move. The Pacers, because they have a young, good team, like I could see them making one distinct move to, to try to get better. The Cavs will probably be better. The Heat. I mean, you know, the Heat are whatever they are. I mean, they they don't play a bunch of players, then we beat them. But then mm-hmm. we, you know, we beat them. Anyway, so 
the Nets are not going to make a move to make this team better this year. If anything, they're going to make a move to get rid of some players to get future assets. So in the end, they will probably wash out between the 7th seventh through 10 seeds. But the question is, at its best, and the Nets are 9-8 and eight without Ben Simmons, really, and Cam Thomas for a chunk of that. Cam and, Thomas and Nick Claxton for a chunk of it. Let's, and let's Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson. Yeah, let's keep it real. Like Our, our whole starting lineup was out at, at various points. So at full strength, the Nets are competing for the 5-6 seed and trying not to be in the play-in. I think now, at full strength, we're, we're, we're I'm getting in that fourth that four seed, I, and we're 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 bumping Orlando, who no were Fagazi, out of the way. There's no way. I'm saying if if everything cracks, this is actually external of the Nets. It's like everything goes well for the Nets, and also the Magic are exposed for being Fugazi. <laughs> yeah, let me. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got a funny tweet. Um, I think that's that's true. Yeah, exactly. It's true, Mike. It's true. I think it's true. What I'm saying is true. So let me ask you this question. Because the Nets could conceivably compete to be the fourth best record in the East, most likely they're not, but could conceivably at all full strength. We're saying potential, the full potential of this team, maximum power. Should the Nets make a move to get better? No, I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. I think being attracted, look, Mike, I'm going to keep saying this until it's really, it sticks in your (laughs) Fucking block of a head. <laughs> Your Play-Doh brain. Like you are not getting. Let me it. just grab you by the ears and shake you because you're not getting it, Mike. <laughs> is is I don't want to trade anymore for star talent. I don't want to do it. I want to wait for it to happen. I want to build that culture and get them in free agency. I know you're. Sh- I, I'm sure. willing to be patient. Yeah, I'm willing to be Warren patient. Buffett and I'm Charles Munger. Okay. I feel like they had very similar strategies. Those two. But classically, if you read Munger's obituary, you would have learned that yeah. all Warren Buffett wanted to do was buy cheap. He wanted to buy businesses cheap and near bankruptcy. And Munger was like, no, you want to pay a premium for a good business because that's going to pay off in the end. And that was proven right. I'm Munger yeah. well, and you're boy, look you're who, Warren, bad boy Buffett. And look who's alive and who isn't. <laughs> I'm taking that out. It's bad. It's no, too soon. It's, Munger, Munger, a great life. Munger would approve. Great Munger, life. Munger would approve. Munger had a sick sense of humor. So he, he was. He was that. a sicko. He was a sicko. He was an absolute NBA sicko. Yeah. He, he freaking was. loved himself some NBA basketball. Yeah. But I'm, I'm um, happy to, to be buffed on this. I'm, you know, it's diamond hands. Diamond hands, Mike. Let's hold. Let's hold out. Build that culture. Actually draft <laughs> well because Sean Marks is the best perpetual rebuilding GM in the business. Like, just, just have some faith, damn it. All right. I think that's our show. All right. Okay. Um, that's it. Thanks Bye. for listening. <laughs> Check us out on Get Twitter. It. This yeah. show was not produced by AI. It was produced by two humans. Wow. Shout out to the human race. <laughs> Wait. It, finally, it's taken this long for something to be created to make us appreciate humans. Finally. And it was AI. And it was this right. show. Mike, thanks for having me. Find us at discord.gg slash glue guys at BK glue guys on Twitter, netsdaily.com, your source for everything Nets news. Howard Dean, Mike, you want to do it? Should I do it? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Right here. Bye, everybody. That was a bad